What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. I'm your host, Greg. I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler on episode 85, which is apparently the Peter Klima episode, which uh, Tyler just told us he was on the worst Red Wings team of all time. So I guess that kind of sets us up perfectly. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> a beautiful day in the neighborhood. How are you guys doing? Uh, Tyler, go ahead. Oh, I am beyond pissed off today. And it's it, it honestly today, I mean, yeah, it has to do with the Red Wings, but it has more to do with my baseball team trading away one of the best players in our generation. Good thing um, we're not a Boston Red Sox podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome well, to life of suck. I'll tell you what, it's going to suck, but at least they have a lot of good players going forward still. Yeah, so but what they get for him? They got nothing. They got Alex Verdugo, who is a, well, we'll see what happens with him. He might turn out to be a really good baseball player. But, I mean, besides that, they got a prospect that throws hard, and that's well, it. So for and people, they shedded David Price. For people that so. are listening to our podcast for the first time, we are not a baseball podcast. So uh, sorry for being confused real quick. But tonight, I we have some really kind of different thing we're going to do tonight since – Literally, there's no news. I mean, I guess we can cover the quick news in Red Wings land yeah. that uh, Gustav Lindstrom will be getting his first games as a Red Wing. Uh, he was recently called up after Mike Green and uh, Franz Nielsen were placed on IR retroactively. So Lindstrom yeah. is up in the big club, and it should be interesting to see him going forward. Yeah, Rosie. Well, yeah, but I mean, Lindstrom's the big, the big news there. And then I guess Anthony Mantha had actually punctured his lung from being thrown to the ground, uh, Connor McGregor style by uh, Jake Muzzin. So that, that blows my mind to hear that he actually had a punctured lung. I, I mean, it's, I, I saw someone post it's better than a concussion, which I it's mean, true. It really true is. Because once but, a punctured lung heals, shit, it's, it's healed forever. Yeah. Okay. But just to think that he punctured a lung right there. So yeah, and Anthony Mantha described that as the worst pain he's ever felt. And Fuck, I believe it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it was pretty intense stuff. Um, but tonight, we're going to kind of go over, since we're heading pretty rapidly toward trade deadline and hoping that Steve Eiserman makes a few moves, we are going to do a recap of the past 10 years of Detroit Red Wings trades and whether those trades panned out in our favor. Or the other not team's really. favor. And I'm going to give you a hint. It's really not ours. So um, I'm going to, we're going to skip, I'll, I'll mention them, but we're going to skip the ones that look like purely AHL trades because I don't think the guys really had any chance of making the Red Wings team. But we're going to start on February 6th of 2010, where Ken Holland traded Vili Leno for Ole Christian Tolefson and the 2011 fifth round pick. Which, uh, which was Matthias Backman. So, Vili Leno, people loved Vili Leno. I mean, Vili Leno was a, a pretty good player. He was kind of the house favorite for that for a short time frame. He was, he a, was in Detroit for Vili Leno was in years, Detroit for two years. Enough, yeah, I, mean, well, I guess you could really say one full season almost because he was traded midway through that 0-9-0-10 season. I mean, depth guy, but he made an impact on what little role that he had and he actually had a decent showing into the playoffs winning two goals in seven games but not much else you can really ask for i guess he did he spent most of his time with grand rapids and that's where i think he finished the playoffs in that year because he also he was kind of a dual threat but 
he was a depth guy that you could kind of get behind, and especially on the roster that they had in those couple of years, you really couldn't fault them for having him as such. Yeah, I don't think he was ever drafted. I think Billy Leno was a, an undrafted guy. He had one really good year in in Philadelphia, where in 81 games he put up 53 points, uh, which he is good for undrafted. him. Uh, good for him as a as a depth role. But Billy Leno, I think he's the butt of a lot of jokes now, but. I think he was a solid kind of depth, like you said, Ryan, depth guy. I mean, 13 games in his initial season with the Wings, uh, 42 games, he had seven points. 13 games the next season with Philadelphia, he had, or the next season between Detroit and Philadelphia, he had like uh, 12 points in, in like 55 games or something. But mm-hmm. he was traded for Ole Christian Tolleson, who did not play any games in Detroit. He played 16 games in Grand Rapids and totaled uh, an entire one point. But in those 16 games, he had 44 penalty minutes. Oh, God. That's one of those, what (laughs) the F was the point of this trade, other than the fact that they got a fifth rounder, which they didn't even maintain anyway. So, Well, yeah. Well, we got Matthias Backman. um, What's funny... What's funny is Billy Leno turned out to be a big part of that 2010 Philadelphia Flyers team. Sure did. The team that, the team that <laughs> went all the way to the Stanley Cup final and lost against You're gonna the You're going to notice uh, a trend here. <laughs> so, so Ole Christian yep. Tolipson also kind of, look, kind of looks like Scott Hartnell, looking at his picture. Uh, just a little bit. He went on, Ole Christian Tolipson, uh, after coming to the Red Wings, but not really the Red Wings because of just Grand Rapids, the year after went over to the SEL and was never seen in the NHL again. Uh, Matthias Backman played two games for the Grand Rapids Griffins uh, in 2013-14 before going to the Texas Stars, back to Grand Rapids, back to the Swedish Hockey League, back to Texas, then to Hershey, and then back to the and then to the Swiss League, and is now back in the Swedish League. So he never became anything, but he's a fifth round draft pick. I guess the, the bottom of that trade is that we traded Vili Leno, who really wasn't really good on the Red Wings for two guys who like really never played for the Red Wings and are, are not good. Hmm. <laughs> Ryan, you don't, this is just as a forewarning, this is going to be like Ryan's worst episode ever. He hates. No, he hates absolutely all of this. Pretty sure you did this on purpose, and I'm really. I'm. I'm glad I'm drinking a beer right now because I'd probably be way more pissed off at you. <laughs> well, it's uh, trade deadline, man. I'm driving us to Columbus in two days. You so are. <laughs> so. <laughs> so we're gonna go on to March 3rd of 2010, where the Red Wings made two purely AHL trades, trading Riley Armstrong to the Calgary. Are trading. Yeah, Riley Armstrong to Detroit from Calgary. Uh, Red Wings gave him Andy Delmore. And trading Chris Newberry to the Rangers. The Rangers uh, gave us Jordan Owens. So those were, I like I, I said. Say it for mostly everyone out there, who the fuck are those guys? Yeah. yeah I know Riley Armstrong. I know, the name. I know Andy fuck. Delmore's name, but <laughs> like that was literally a just a paper deal of hey let's just kind of see what assets can do yeah and chris newberry is a fighter too but well, not too long ago i think it was in the ach with the hamilton steelhawks jesus i don't know what that is we're looking at the no, same chris either. newberry 
Yes. I clicked on his name inside. Yeah, Chris Newberry, uh, Detroit Red Wings. As of last season, he was with the Jacksonville Icemen in the ECHL. Yeah, the ECHL. Yeah. He had a good year, 47 points and 57, 57 games. games. I know, but the dude, the, the dude's 37. So 106 penalty minutes. Oh, 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 well, look before he was in the DEL with the Fishtown Penguins, uh, 36 points and 45 games, 124 penalty minutes. Well, so I'm trying to figure out what's the ACH. Uh, the what? That's where the, the Hamilton Steelhawks is who he was with this season. At that's, ACH. that's not even on hockey DB. So I have no clue. I'm looking at cap friendly. That's what it's saying. Here's a great season in the 2013, 14 season for the Adirondack phantoms. He had 36 points in 46 games and 182 penalty minutes. Beautiful. In 2005 and six with the Toronto Marlies, he had 60 points in 74 games and 215 penalty minutes. He is your true to form AHL star. Yeah. Very good. Uh, he, like he never did well every time in the AHL from all these all of his years. He really didn't have a bad season, to be honest with you. No, and, but his penalty minutes, like he was there to score some goals, maybe, but he's also there to punch you right in the face. Yeah, he played 2009-10 with the Grand Rapids Griffins, scoring 33 points in 52 games uh, with 144 penalty minutes. Uh, like you said, he's a truly AHL guy. He never got more than 28 games in an NHL season and never got more than four points. So th- these are AHL signings. But we'll move on to the next actual NHL affected signing where the Detroit Red Wings sent the 2011 first round pick to the Ottawa Senators for their 2011 for both of their 2011 second round picks. This was a draft day trade. Yeah. So with those two picks, the Red Wings selected Xavier Ouellette, gone. Thomas Yurko, gone. Bye-bye. Um, the Ottawa Senators selected Matt Pumple, who we all know who so we well. Have. <laughs> yeah. Who we yeah, all know so well. back to us in a roundabout way. Who yeah. doesn't even play NHL hockey. Yeah, as a Grand Rapids Griffin. Uh, but, I mean, we all kind of know what happened with Xavier Ouellette. Xavier Ouellette uh, went from us to Montreal, and then, or he went from he went with us. We bought him out, and then Montreal picked him up. Then signed him. He played 19 games for Montreal, picking up three points, and now he is in Laval as of this season. Uh, he's played 38 games with Laval and has 20 points. So they named their captain too. I don't know. I don't get that information. Xavier Ouellette. Yeah, I think he was named their captain of the oh, AHL God. at Laval. Uh, but oh, God. Xavier was having a good year. Yeah, I mean, again, I think he's a good AHL guy. His best season. I think he could have done well as a depth player on a good team. I agree. Yeah. Well, 2016-17 was his best season. He played 66 games with the Red Wings and had 12 points. So I wasn't mean, he a first round pick? No, second round second, pick. Second round pick. Okay. Yeah. Pay attention, Tyler. <laughs> I'm. I just saw it out of the corner of my eye. So the other person we got in that trade that we selected was Thomas Yerko, the YouTube sensation. Uh, Thomas Yerko, we drafted number 35 overall in round two of the 2011 draft, where uh, his best season was 63 games with the Red Wings, and he had 18 points. Uh, he is now uh, in the Oilers system, played 12 games with Edmonton, uh, eight games with Bakersfield. And again, he's just not 
his game never translated. He was really good in the queue, which most people are because it's a no defense league, but mm-hmm. he had a good season. I mean, his best season was 2013, 14 in grand Rapids where he got the call to Detroit, uh, 32 points in 32 games. And then in Detroit, he had showing in Detroit. He had that season. He had 15 points in 36 games. You got kind of pumped. Because you're like, yeah. for your rookie like season, you coming in just right off the AHL, 15 points in 36 games is good. I mean, that's good for a rookie. But then mm-hmm. you go to 2014-15, and in 63 games, he puts up 18 points, and you're like, uh-oh. And then and in 2015-16, the yeah, six points in 44 games, then he goes back to Grand Rapids. So Yurko, just, it's, it's kind of the tale of another player whose game really never translated to the NHL. I mean, I would say he was one of the biggest disappointments of the last decade of potential prospects. Hype hype versus return, right? They rushed him too. You think? You think so? Because I mean, he was at that point of the season was a point per player in the AHL. Yeah, but I think they rushed him because they had a ton of injuries. That was the year that they had Franzen playing center because Datsuk and Zetterberg were both hurt, and they had, like, literally everyone was hurt that year. Daniel Alfredson, I think, had to play center that year because everyone was fucking hurt. Yeah. 14. But I still don't. The year that they lost to Boston in the first round. 13. The Olympic year, yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't think they rush Yurko. I just think again, Yurko is another guy who his skills don't fully translate. He's just like a step too slow uh, for for the NHL game, which kind of is is what who we traded. We traded that first round pick to Ottawa, and they selected Matt Pumple at number twenty four overall, where he played in uh, in Binghamton for three seasons before getting the call four seasons before getting the call to Detroit or to uh, Ottawa. And his numbers were good in the AHL. And then he goes, plays 13 games in Ottawa and gets three points, 26 games in Ottawa gets three points, goes back to Binghamton and just like, he lights up the AHL, but his skills do not really translate to the NHL game. And we've seen that. I mean, he's gotten short stints. I mean, 2018, 19 played eight games in Detroit and only had one goal. But he's in Grand Rapids, and this season in 36 games, he has 29 points. So he's a really good AHL guy. He's 27. He's not going to make the NHL full-time. And it's just a guy that you you put a lot of stock into, and you hope that he he pans out, and he just never really panned out for Ottawa. So in that trade, I'd say neither team won. Um, That's the last thing about Pumple, too, though, that I'll I'll mention. You You just mentioned that he's 27. And I think what's fantastic for him is that you have guys like Joe Valino or Philip Sedina or whoever you want to say that's 22 and under that's down in Grand Rapids right now. He is the perfect guy for them to look up to as like the veteran presence that you would, that you're expecting down there. So that's the positive of having him on this roster. And, you know, you're going to sign him for a cheap two, two way deal. If absolutely everything goes awry and you, and you need to, which for how this season's going, who knows, but I like him. And I, it sounds like he's a fan favorite from everyone that we talked yeah, to or absolutely. follow out there. They absolutely love him out there. So I'll take that one as a win in a way, getting him back overall after all that. Yeah. We'll get to that trade a little bit further down the line. Cause Matt Pumble does make a, a second round uh, return to Detroit. So, 
Uh, now we move on to February 21st of 2012, the day that Ryan will consistently have marked on his calendar from now until the end of time, where the Detroit Red Wings traded their number one, uh, their first round pick number 19 and Sebastian Peach to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Tampa Bay traded Steve Downey to Colorado. And Colorado <laughs> traded the Red Wings Kyle Quincy. Kyle so, <laughs> Quincy. So Yeah, and that first round pick became Andre Vasilevsky. Shut up, Tyler. So we are going to this <laughs> is the one we're gonna where we start breaking stuff down. Uh, Kyle Quincy. And and do we want to start with Quincy or do we want to start with Vasilevsky? Let's get the positives out of the way. Let's start with Vasilevsky, you know, one of the best goaltenders in <sighs> So Andre Vasilevsky was drafted in round one, number 19 overall in 2012 by the Tampa Bay Lightning. So he spent a total of 25 games in the AHL for the Syracuse Crunch, posting a 245 goals against and a 91-7 save percentage, where he then came to Tampa to play 16 games and actually lowered his goals against and upped his save percentage. So uh, pretty impressive. Uh, 2015-16 season, he uh, played 24 games in Tampa, posting a 276 uh, goals against and a 910 save percentage before going back to Syracuse and playing 12 games. But past that season, uh, he has been a regular in Tampa since 2016-17. As we all know, has gotten them into the playoffs every year since then. And uh, like Ryan said, he is one of the best goalies in the league. Since his permanent uh, spot in the NHL has not posted a goals against higher than 262 and has not posted a save percentage lower than 917, uh, including a year that he had a 925 save percentage last season and a 920 the season before that. Did you mention that part that he's a nice tall goal? Oh, yeah, he's big. 25 years old. Um, Sounds like he's a pretty good goalie. Sounds like he's someone we could use right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so Vasilevsky. So this is the trade that really makes Ryan mad for good reason, because it was a garbage trade. I mean, not that we now we always go back and look. It, it's They probably would not have taken Vasilevsky at that point. Jimmy Howard was still really good. He was playing well for Detroit. I don't think they would have taken a goalie because they really didn't see a need for a goalie that high. But it's fun playing what if, and we could have just, I guess, taken him, and he, and, and then we would not be in the position we are in right now. So that's that's Tampa Bay's favor right there. Beautiful trade for them. Uh, who who was Tampa's GM at that time? Oh, Steve Iserman. <laughs> so, <laughs> like he knew that he could pull a fucking heist on Ken Holland. So it was. Um, I don't know. Did Holland just do that to be nice, or or what happened there? Um, I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, there's not really much that can be said about this. I mean. Steve Downey sucked. Steve Downey was not a good hockey player. He, he was, was a physical. depth guy. That was about it. He was, a, he was doing, he was actually having a good year in Tampa. I do remember that actually. They had those ugly ass black jerseys that they used mm-hmm. to wear. 
Kyle Quincy turned out to be, well, Kyle Quincy. And then Andre Vasilevsky is, uh, yeah, one of the best goalies in the NHL. So, I mean, who won the trade? So let's talk about Kyle Quincy, actually. Kyle Quincy was drafted in round four, number 132 overall, by the Detroit Red Wings. So we drafted him, and and he played for us not well for, I mean, he played well for Grand Rapids for a while. Uh, he then went to the Los Angeles Kings and put up 38 points in 72 games. Now, that was in 2008-2009. If, if you move forward in 2009-10, he played for the Colorado Avalanche uh, up until 2011-12, where that trade took place. Then it's kind of downhill from there. So, in 2000... So before the trade, let's just cover that. With Colorado, he actually was having a pretty decent year. Yeah. But we all knew that was too good to be true because he had 23 points in 54 games. Traded to Detroit, and Greg, continue, please. Yeah, so in 2011-12, which was uh, a short season for him, 18 games, uh, three points, followed by the 2012-13 season, 36 games, 18 points. Which, mind you, that is a lockout year. Yeah, 13-14. He had 82 games posting 13 points. So I'll tell you that over the return of Kyle Quincy up until the 2015-16 season, he never posted more than 18 points. One year, I mean, he's played an entire season one year. Yeah, with Detroit. Uh, he was then traded to the New Jersey Devils in 2016. Or not, was it traded or they signed? I think they signed him as a free agent. Yeah, he was a signing. He yeah. He was finally let go. Yeah, in 2016-17. So I think he was hurt most of 15 and 16. So needless to say, Kyle Quincy was okay defensively. Other than that, he did absolutely nothing. So if you want a treat, just go look up my Twitter. Go into advanced search. Type in Kyle Quincy or Quincy with my hashtag or my Twitter handle and enjoy. That's all I gotta say. So, Kyle Quincy was Erickson before Erickson. That is a 100% fact. Well, he was also Erickson <laughs> during Erickson. Yes, yes, that's, that's correct. Yeah. yeah, so now, I mean... Now, those two played together at one point. Now, imagine that, t <laughs> No, we did. We didn't have to imagine it, Tyler. It was fucking reality. Well, actually, I'll tell you what. The last season the Kaiser had that was actually like a decent season was playing with Quincy, so... Just saying. I had a good year at Cronwall that year, too. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So so Kyle Quincy is no longer playing hockey. He, in 2018-19, he played in the Liga for 35 games, posting 13 points. Um, but, yeah, I think it's needless to say that the Red Wings lost that trade. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning won that trade. And that is trades that I hope to see the Red Wings make in the future, to where we're not the butt end of the jokes and we don't get screwed on absolutely everything. So are you keeping tallies of our win loss right now on trades? Cause I think we're what? Oh, Oh, one and three. I don't think we really need to, to, to keep that. I mean, there's, yeah, we have really not won any trades um, since then, but we will keep going. So February 27, 2012, we sent Mike Commodore to Tampa for a 2013 conditional seventh round pick, this it's a no deal trade. It doesn't. No one won that. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, that was we picked Saku Salmanin, Salmanin, <laughs> Salmanin, Saku Salmanin. No idea. Never heard of him. Uh, 
If we move to June 10th, 2012. My birthday. Yeah. We traded Brad Stewart to the San Jose Sharks for Andrew Murray in a 2014 seventh. Which <laughs> that one hurt a lot, but this one made sense. Um, go ahead. Well, I was gonna. Say, the only reason it makes sense, and I hate it, is because Brad Stewart wanted to go home. Yes, he's from California. His whole family was had been out there. He had been for, with Detroit for a couple seasons at that point. I believe he was he on the 08 Cup team. Uh, yep. Yeah. Going back, let's see. So yeah. He was with Detroit from 07. Yeah, he was acquired by Detroit from LA and then was one of the stalwarts on that back end. him and Cronwall together was one of the best D pairs in hockey for several years. And they just complimented each other so well, but you could tell that by the end of it, when they that trade came through and all the reports and the rumors came true is that he wanted to go home. He missed his family. So I, I couldn't, I can't be mad about this trade. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, Ryan, that 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 2009 team <laughs> was Lidstrom and Rafalski and Stewart and Cronwall, un- unmatched. The, that was about as good of a top four D pairs you can you can have in in the NHL at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Brad Stewart, like you said, he was not an offensive defenseman really by any means, but he was one of the best defensive defensemen uh, that we've seen in a while. He, like you said, he came to Detroit in 2007-2008 season. Played with Detroit until 2011-2012, where he was traded to San Jose. That that year he was uh, traded to San Jose, he was out for a bit with an injury. He only played 48 games. Mm-hmm. Um, but past that, I mean, he played another year for San Jose, then finished his career in Colorado. Um, in 2015-2016 was the last year that he played. But if you look at what we got, Andrew Murray um, didn't never played a game for the Red Wings. He, I, I'm, I look at this and I kind of go, what happened? So we got him in 2012. He played uh, yep. for the Peoria Rivermen in 2012-13. What? So he was signed as a free agent. So he was basically a, an R, a, probably a UFA or RFA. Yeah. Signed with St. Louis. Yeah. And then was strictly AHL duty. Uh, yeah, he, he played, played one game. One deals at Death Guy. He, he played, played one yeah. game in St. Louis. Um, never played for the Red Wings. And then if you look at Alexander Cadekin, um, we still hold his rights. He's 26. Um, really? Yeah. He plays in the KHL, has played in the KHL. He's a pretty good decent player uh i i've seen for a while people uh, like people still post highlights of him and and his stat lines and stuff but i think we hold his rights this might be the last year we do unless rights are just held until they ever come over i i do not know how that process works and i've never taken the time to look it up but Kaitkin was drafted number 201 in round seven in 2014 uh, he's he, a big boy. He's, yeah, big guy, but he never came over to the NHL, and I don't see it ever really happening. Um, so, again, a, a lost prospect. So, we hey, gave you, up. You never know with Eisenman now. Well, I'll tell you that that's a, that if we're going to rank it, that trade is a loss. We oh, totally. gave up Brad Stewart and essentially got nothing back. So, that's the Ken Holland special. <laughs> so, 
we will move on to the next trade was on March 30th, 2013. The Detroit Red Wings uh, sent Kent Huskins, famed Detroit Red Wing Kent Huskins, to the Philadelphia Flyers for a 2014 conditional seventh round pick, which is funny because it says conditions, details unknown, results, details not met. So we have no idea what sure. what the what the condition was, and I guess maybe they never reported what it was. But Kent Huskins, he uh, played in 2012-13, played 11 games for the Red Wings with an astonishing zero points. Uh, we sent him to Philadelphia, and in eight games he got one point. The Red Wings, this Jesper Pedersen, um, nothing, absolutely nothing. He played for the Lay Valley Phantoms for two seasons, uh, went to the Reading Royals in the ECHL for two seasons, and now he plays in the Swedish Hockey League. So he's 25. I mean, he's still young. I just maybe he put up okay numbers in the... This uh, next trade is probably the best one. Yeah, so we'll say... It wasn't for actual people at the time. Well, we'll say that this... (laughs) We'll say this Kent Huskins trade's a wash. No one won that. I would say so. That was, that was just a whatever. That seemed like a good idea at the time. It was the to get Kent Huskins get out of town. town. Not like he was doing anything anyways. No. Man. Kent Huskins never did anything. I mean, he Save had... that cap space. He had one season in 2009-10 with the Sharks where he had 22 points in 82 games. That was his best season. So... He he was a six-round draft pick in 1998. It wasn't really going to go anywhere. So we will move on to a win column trade. So on June 30th, 2013, the Detroit Red Wings sent their first-round pick, number 18 overall, to San Jose for San Jose's first-round pick, number 20, and second-round pick, number 58. So the San Jose Sharks drafted Mirko Mueller, and the Detroit Red Wings, with their first-round pick, took Anthony Mantha, and with their second-round pick, took Tyler Bertuzzi. So, uh, Ryan, go ahead. Happy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would say that that's a, a. This is 100% a win for Detroit. Uh, you have two players that are likely, you could say, your big three, or two of your big three with Mantha and Bertuzzi. If Mantha would just stay healthy, and not do something stupid he would be on pace for 40 goals, which I think that horse is dead enough that we've beaten already about this one. Yep. Uh, Bert, first-year All-Star. I think that would have been Mantha if he's not hurt again. But to look at those two players in comparison for what they took for it, that's probably the best unknown trade that Ken Holland could have made in his entire tenure. Yeah, I'd say Mirko Mueller is, and um, I mean, he's a defenseman. He plays in New Jersey now. He's played 33 games this season with three points and is a minus 11. But it that's, I mean, the biggest win in the past, or in recent memory, I would say, for, for Ken Holland. But it's not really a trade that a lot of people remember happening. Um, because if you go, yeah, we drafted Mantha, we drafted Burt, and then you got to go, oh, well, we actually traded for those picks. San Jose wanted to move up two spots. So, I mean, that's I mean, huge win in our column because, like you said, we get uh, Anthony Mantha is, a, for all intents and purposes, an elite winger. Um, can be. He can be an elite goal-scoring winger. Tyler Bertuzzi went to the All-Star game. Tyler Bertuzzi is your best grinder who can score one of the best uh, puck tippers in the entire league. 
So Tyler Bertuzzi is is your go-to guy for net front presence. He's your Thomas Holmstrom. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and you got both those guys by just moving down two spots. And, yeah, that's, I mean, a win column for the Red Wings. That's how you make trades. I mean, that that's that's how um, organizations become, you know, go from being a terrible organization like we are right now to going, you know, getting to that upper echelon, you know, with with trades like that, creative deals like that. And they both become, I would say both of them are impact players in this league right now. Look, the thing to pay attention to with that, though, is the year they were drafted was 2013. What year are we in right now? 2020. 2020. Seven years, exactly. yeah. It's taken seven years for them to get to that level. Now, we knew two years ago that they were pretty much at that point. But, like, you get these draft picks, you're looking at four to five years typically for them to hit their stride unless you're getting a Lafreniere or Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid-type player. Then they're coming in and making that impact right away. But most of these guys, and then for the sake of this team and how the rebuild's going, we got to hope that someone else is going to strike like that. And I'm, we don't see it just yet. So we are going to move on to being sad again. Uh, we get one happy moment every like 12 trades. So back to being sad on March 5th, 2014, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, yeah. The Detroit Red Wings acquired David Legwand from the Nashville Predators. Now this was a pretty big move for Nashville to make because the fans loved David Legwand. He was the captain. He was the captain. He was good for Nashville. Um, but the Red Wings acquired him and his $4,500,000 contract uh, for Patrick Eves, Callie Yarncrock, and Detroit's 2014 second-round pick. Um, again, not a great deal. Uh, <laughs> Tyler, do you want to talk about David Legwand? Oh, gosh. Well, David Legwand, I mean, he was a good pro, and then he comes to Detroit, and this is another one of those, Ken Holland, I need to make a trade at the deadline, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to get David Legwand Panic trade. Ken Holland panic in trade. A trade. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what that is. That's is. You'll see that over the next couple of trades here, which there's another one that aggravates me, so we can go into that one in a couple minutes. Um, but that, yeah, that David Leg one was the start of, of where they should have given up. Like, yeah, I think we started in 2000. Kelly Yarncroke is, is, is an impact player in the National Hockey League right now. He's a great depth guy. He has yeah. been fantastic since he went to Nashville. Yeah, well, if we look at David Leg one's career, I mean, he had some great years in, in Nashville. He had a 53-point season, a 63-point season. Uh, he was, like you said, he was the consummate pro in Nashville. And yes. then he gets, I mean, Ken Holland's blockbuster trade. David Legwan comes to Detroit and in the 2013-14 season, plays 21 games, puts up 11 points, and then dies. Uh, he ends up going to Ottawa in 2014-15. In uh, 80 games, puts up 27 points, and then goes to Buffalo the season after and puts up 14 and 79. So David Legwan, I mean, that trade is, it's one that still haunts us because if you look at Patrick Eves, though, Patrick Eves had some issues, uh, medical issues. Yeah. Yeah. But Patrick Eves never had really any stellar season in Detroit. 
He, he also was buried on the fourth line for every single season. Well, he was a, a former uh, first-round draft pick from Ottawa. In in his second year in the league in 2006-2007, uh, had 32 points in 73 games. For the Red Wings, his best season was 2010-2011, uh, or no, 29-2010, where he put up 22 points in 65 games. But... Uh, he went to Nashville, only played five games, went to Dallas, had 27 points in 47 games, had 17 and 54, 37 and 59, and then landed in Anaheim. But, I mean, Patrick Eves was pretty good for Dallas. I mean, solid guy. If Detroit would have played him correctly, probably could have done that in Detroit. He but, was a goal scorer. Yeah, but it's, I mean, David Legwan had to have him. Now we talk about Cali Arncroak, who is currently 28 years old. Uh, Cali Arncroak's best season so far has been 2017-18, where he put up 35 points in 68 games. So Cali Arncroak could replace anyone really uh, on our second line down, I would say. Uh, Doesn't take much. Pretty easily. For uh, Patrick Eves, I mean the way you look at his stats and the way he was utilized after he left Detroit, like they knew the dude had a shot almost every single year after he left Detroit. And really when he was with Detroit, he had more goals than assists going back to Oh nine, 10. And the only exception you can make in there is 11 and 12, which I, he might've been hurt or seemed to have been hurt most of that year, but Dallas 14 goals, 13 assists first year, 11 and six, the next goes out to he's still at Dallas 21 goals and 16 assists in 59 games like what did Detroit miss I mean yes he, he was a great two-way forward he was a fantastic penalty killer he had some decent speed to him he was out there any situation he needed him to be out he was there and then it's unfortunate the health issues that he's had that he hasn't been able to play but you look at where he was at where Yarn Kruk was at where he was really on the cusp of breaking the NHL. And then where Leguan was at, he was a decent enough guy in the regular season, I guess you could say, but didn't do anything in their five games that they were only in the playoffs, which is where you were hoping that he was going to be that presence for them. And it was just fell flat. So I mean, to me, it's a loss. Yeah. Well, I mean, the David Leguan trade should be, no one in their right mind views that as a win. So no, no, not at all. Yeah. Uh, and no one in the right mind views it as a win. So, We'll move on to June 28th, 2014. The Red okay. Wings sent their 2015 third-round pick, number 80, and their yes. 2014 third-round pick, number 76, Correct. to Columbus for Columbus's 2014 third-round pick. So they moved up, up. Uh, 13 spots in the draft to select yes. Dominic Turgeon. Now, Dominic Turgeon has been pretty good for uh grand rapids in detroit he i mean would pan out to probably uh a third borderline third fourth round guy uh fourth line guy mm-hmm. but he could, uh, he could be your glendening 2.0 looking at this trade now i kind of really hate it because uh, yep me too <laughs> because the columbus blue jackets picked their now uh stud goalie prospect elvis Mers Lincolns uh, and Brent Gates. Brent Gates is a no one, but Elvis Mers Lincolns uh, is pretty good uh, so far for Columbus, which we might, we might be seeing him play as well. 
Yeah, we'll probably see him on Friday. Yeah. So uh, Elvis is getting it done. Uh, he had what back to back his first few games. He had like back to back shutouts, I believe. Uh, I just know that he is gives fantastic post game hugs to Nick <laughs> Foligno when they win. <laughs> um, I mean, he's an exciting kid. Uh, he's a guy that, again, with the position we are in, yeah, with the position we are in, uh, is probably someone that we could have drafted. Uh, he right now has in 20, he's played 23 games, has a 2.30 goals against and a 9.29 save percentage. Um, so he only played two games with the Cleveland Monsters. Uh, in his draft year, ever since his draft year, he's played in the Swiss A League um, all the way up until 2018, 2019, where he played two games with Cleveland and then two, uh, and then 23 games in the NHL. So I think this. If Joran Van Pottelberg ever wanted to play in Detroit, this would kind of be what his trajectory looked like because he's played in the Swiss League ever since we drafted him, uh, same as uh, Mers Lincoln. So, I, I mean, again, stud goalie who you gave up your pick because you needed Dominic Turgeon because you were so sure he was going to be amazing. Uh, to And then they get a stud goalie. Well, it's a third-round pick, right, that ended up becoming Dominic Kershaw. Yeah. Well, yes. You you traded, basically, in all for all intents and purposes of what we're doing tonight, you traded Dominic Turgeon for Elvis Merz-Lincoln's. I mean, the other way around, but you got Turgeon. Uh, Turgeon has played a total of nine NHL games with zero points and a minus five. Uh, and then this season in Grand Rapids, in 47 games, he has 20 points. So, like I said, he could come in and fill a depth bottom bottom six, I mean, could probably replace someone like Abby, or like you said, like a Glendening 2.0, but that's not what we needed uh, at that point. That's not what we need now. What we need is a stud goalie. Yeah. That's, are you just sad now? Yeah. Well, yeah, well this next... This get next ready to cuts, be more sad. This one cuts deep. Yeah. Here, here we go again. In... <laughs> On March, on March 1st, 2015, so now we're on to, to the next year. This is the fun <sighs> Now, I'm not, too, I can't be too mad about this trade. So, Detroit Red Wings. Oh, I can. The Detroit Red Wings acquired uh, Eric Cole in the 2015 third round pick from Dallas, who they turned into Billy Sari Harvey, for Matthias Backman, Matthias Yanmark, the 2015 second round pick who uh, Dallas turned into Rube Hints. So that's where I'm mad about it, I guess. Um, Rube uh, Hintz. I'm, I'm, mad mad I'm, I'm mad about the Matthias Yanmark part of this trade, too. I mean, Matthias Yen is, I would say, an impact player in the league right now. And Rube Hintz, who knows if you would have drafted him in the second round there, but Rube Hintz is a pretty damn good player, too. Now, it looks like, to me, if you would have all these players that we've traded away, you wouldn't even have to rebuild. So I wouldn't necessarily say that because uh, Matthias Yanmark, I wouldn't call him an impact player. He's decent. I mean, 17 points and 46. Scoring forward. He's a good depth scoring forward. Um, that's okay. Uh, Rube Hintz is good. Uh, Rube Hintz is 23. He has 25 points in 44 games. Uh, we saw him score on uh, Detroit a few times. Uh, he looks like he has a pretty good future in the league. Now, 
Eric, to be fair to Eric Cole, um, freak, freak thing that happened. Yes, Eric Cole was a a good player, um, a solid guy. I mean, great guy, good player, freak accident. Oh, uh, I mean, neck issue. Eleven games, six points in eleven games for Detroit. So if he in any short sample size, but if he kept on that trajectory, it would have been a good year for him. Uh, he oh, yeah, came, he would have been a, a huge impact player for Detroit that season. Yeah, yeah. they had to have Eric Cole. Then they they had to have. Well, this is another one of fucking Ken Holland's panic trades that I need to go out and make a move, and I need to go out and get Eric Cole and the next guy that you'll see here as well. It's panic after panic after panic after more panic. Well, well, that's exactly what he said it was. It was trying to maintain the playoffs. Yeah, trying yes. to keep the streak yes. alive. Now, like I said, Eric Cole, you cannot blame what happened to him on him at all. Um, but I, and so the second part of it, Billy Sari RV, not in the organization anymore. So gone. Nope. Traded this year, Stevie. Yeah. So on that same, uh, the next day where we're like, we need another trade. On March 2nd, 2015, uh, the Detroit Red Wings acquired Merrick Zidlicki from the New Jersey Devils and the New Jersey Devils uh, for a 2016 conditional third uh, where the New Jersey Devils selected Connor Hall. Uh, now, uh, Zidlicki, bad, not good. Um, I mean, I'm going to say bad, just not I wasn't good. I was upset about the trade, what they only gave up. Yeah, Connor Hall ended up doing nothing. He played with the Kitchener Rangers in the OHL forever till twenty till twenty eighteen nineteen last season. His picture is staring me dead in the eyes like he's trying to steal my soul. <laughs> but yeah, he's never made it to the NHL. So this Connor Hall guy, this Connor Hall guy is real confusing. But he never did anything. Yeah. He never did anything in the NHL. Never made it to the NHL. He's in college now. So what? I mean, yeah, the University of Brunswick, University of New Brunswick, played six games. I have no idea. But Merrick Zidlicki, he is a defenseman. He he was a role guy for that team. I mean, there wasn't anything crazy. He was he was brought in to add to be an offensive defenseman. Yeah, that he is had what he was known for. He's a great puck mover. He had a good. Sh- but nothing. I mean, he had 11 points in 21 games. But again, in the playoffs, he was one of those guys that didn't have anything. No. And it was, I mean, maybe they banked on him repeating his 2013-14 season where he had 42 points in 81 games in New Jersey. Yeah. But then he went on in 2015-16 to the New York Islanders before ending his career. So, again, I I can't call that a win. But I also can't call it a loss because whatever happened with Jersey – I mean, that's a wash. Nothing happened there. You can still say that. Yeah. 20- May 20th, 2015, uh, the Red Wings traded Mike Babcock to the Toronto Maple Leafs and <laughs> drafted Lane Zablocki with a third-round pick. Uh, I don't believe Lane Zablocki's in our system anymore either. So there's that. Uh, that's, that's, tell that's a nothing. January 15th, 2016. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings traded uh, Richard Nadamel to St. Louis for future considerations. And Nadamel, I don't believe, ever did anything either. No. So, no. again, a wash trade. We now move on to February 27, 2016. So we're moving into pretty it's recent years I, here. I fucking hated this guy. This is one of my happier moments. 
So the Detroit Red Wings finally unloaded Jakob Kindle to the Florida Panthers for a 27. 27- appreciate the fact that we had Kindle, Quincy, and Erickson on the same fucking defense. <laughs> so we offloaded Kindle to the Panthers, who so graciously gave us a sixth round pick. Uh, and with that, at number 164, we drafted Riley Webb, um, who I also don't believe is doing anything. Um, who the fuck is Riley Webb? He, he play, he's playing this year for the Saginaw Spirit in the OHL. He has uh, 14 points in 37 games. He's, again, a six-round pick. You're in, they most likely are not going to pan out. Uh, Riley Webb will not play for the Detroit Red Wings, and that's just where that's at. So he's 20 years old, and nothing is happening with him, but that's okay because we got rid of Jakob Kindle. So, Ryan, put it in the win column. Uh, that's, that's a win. That was <laughs> that's a win. A win. That yeah. is a win. So now we move on to May 26, 2016, where the Red Wings acquired Dylan Sadoe for, uh from the San Jose Sharks for their third-round pick. Who the San Jose Sharks picked Mackenzie Entwistle. Mackenzie Entwistle, if I am not mistaken, is a pretty good player. So right now Mackenzie Entwistle is playing for the Rockford Ice Hogs and in 42 games has 21 points. I remember his name being called quite a few times at the prospect tournament. This last he was on Team Canada in the World Juniors last year too. Yeah, he's 20 years old. Uh, played well for all his junior teams. I mean, uh, he Hamilton Bulldogs in 27-18 had 38 points in 49 games, 27 and 29 games the next season, and uh, they was traded to Guelph, had 30 points in 28 games in Guelph. So Entwistle, I would say, is a pretty solid prospect, probably grades out as a, a middle six guy or bottom six guy, but again, would probably be an okay guy to have in our system. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah, and we took <laughs> Dylan Sadoe, who is, uh, you know, not with the team anymore. Uh, Sadoe spent his time, if I am not mistaken, bouncing around from Grand Rapids to Toledo. Sure um, did. He was actually really good in Toledo. I think he was a fan favorite down there. Yeah. As a, now he's gone. Yeah, so he played in Grand Rapids. I mean, again, Grand Rapids, Toledo, Grand Rapids, Toledo, Toledo, Grand Rapids. Um, yeah, again, really good guy in the ECHL. He's supposed to uh, have played this season for the Railers, Tyler. <laughs> but yes, yes, that is correct. That is correct. the Worcester Railers. The yeah. Worcester Railers. Except, Worcester. except for of course, of course, they <laughs> have to pick the team that like can have the most heavy, uh, the team name that has the most heavy Boston accent applied to it. Actually, you guys know that's like that's like the team like in my home. Well, not home. Yeah, actually, I was born in Worcester. That's like where I work. If you're so. gonna say Worcester, you gotta say it like a Boston Worcester. Worcester, yeah. Worcester with your sister like, to get a chest like you Worcestershire. Yeah, so he <laughs> he uh has not played for them this season. Um, it's. I mean, Dylan Sadoe, he could have prob. I mean, everyone's like, oh, is he going to be good this year? And then nothing happens. Like, oh, is he going to be good this year? And then nothing happened. So, I mean, he was a, a third-round pick number 81 overall by San Jose that just could never really catch on. So, again, that is a win, I would say, for, for San Jose at that point. But now he's in Rockford, so that's Chicago. 
Um, yeah, so Mackenzie Entwistle is a Chicago prospect. So Chicago wins that trade between the Red Wings and the Sharks. We move on to June 24, 2016, where the Red Wings traded uh, now Coyotes um, legend Pavel Datsuk uh, <laughs> and the 2016 first-round pick so that Arizona could move up. And they selected Jakob Chikrin. The Detroit Red Wings acquired Joe Vitale, who was an injured player at the time and never played again. Yeah, IR guy, total wash of, a, of a, just a take on a contract, basically. Seems yeah. like a great guy, though, on the yeah. podcast they had him on. Yeah, so recently. the Red Wings got the 2016 first-round pick that was New York's uh, at number 20, who they selected Dennis Chlowski, and the second-round pick, number 53, who they selected Philip Peronic. So this is the big debate now amongst people in the Red Wings community. Um, and I use the word community extremely loosely. Uh, <laughs> would you rather have one Jakob Chikrin or two Dennis Chalowski and Philip Peronic? Now, I will hold in my own world that Philip Peronic is better than Jakob Chikrin, um, whose knees have blown out twice. And I just think he'll overall would will grade out to be a better player in the end than Chikrin. I still hold out hope that Dennis Chalowski will be a good second pairing defenseman. I think he's going to be a long term thing, and they, I'm okay with that. They are both like 21 years old, so yep. we need to leave them alone. I've seen people freak out on Hironic, and I'm like, come on, man! Like he could step into a lot of teams' top two D pairings, no problem. Um, I think he could. Yeah. Maybe not on some of the top playoff teams. He'd be a, a perfect middle pair guy, but that's really all you're asking for. Yeah. So uh, it was, it was to get rid of Datsu's contract, which did the job. It was, I mean, and again, I'm taking our picks over one. Yak- I'll take our two defensemen over one. Jakob Chikrin. Yes, I absolutely. I think this one's a win a hundred percent in my opinion. Because you look at what Hironic has done and the way he has grown so quickly, being with the injuries this season, basically thrown into a number one role on a really bad team and still producing the way that he has. He's out there against the top competition, trial by fire. Chalowski, he's been a little more sheltered. He's shown that he struggles a little bit in those situations, but you really can't. The way he came in the league last year got everyone excited. You know that the potential's there and that he could fit perfect into the middle pairing down the line or even a bottom pairing. It's, it doesn't really matter. He fits in this roster or on this team long-term. And if you've got two young guys that can make an impact offensively the way that they, they can, I think overall you have to look at this as a win. I, I agree. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a win. That, that it, you, you traded a guy away that was never going to play in the NHL again. So, I mean, that's that's a total win. Datsuk was never going to play in the NHL again. Nope. They had to move that contract because they thought they were going <laughs> to. The stupid part is then they go out and they fucking sign Franz Nielsen after they didn't get stamp post. <laughs> panic, panic, panic in Ken Holland land. <laughs> um, so we will move on to the February 24th, 27th trade uh, where for some reason the Chicago Blackhawks traded us a third round pick for Thomas Yurko. Um, we then took Keith Petrozelli, who has really come on in the past few weeks. I believe he had two shutouts in a row. Um, or he shut out, no, he shut out the best NCAA team. And, and yeah. Cornell's NCAA. Yeah, they're actually the number two team in the country right now. Uh, I think when he shut them out, they were the number one team. 
So, okay, well, there you go. Yeah, so he Keith Petrozelli is coming into his own game, which I think recently in the Red Wings pool ranking, they ranked Keith Petrozelli above Philip Larson. So we'll see how that turns out. But, I mean, Yurko went to the Blackhawks, did nothing. Now is in Edmonton doing nothing. So that is a win for the Red Wings. I will take that as a win. We move on to February. These next two are wins, I would say. Uh, yeah, well, I think one of them doesn't matter. But uh, So February 28th, 2017, the Detroit Red Wings traded Brendan Smith to the New York Rangers. And for some reason, the New York Rangers gave us a second round and a third round pick. Uh, second round in 2018, third round in 2017. Uh, we picked Zachary Gallant. And we so we selected uh, Jonathan Bergren, who, if he stays healthy, will be a very good player. Win. In yep, win. Uh, now Gallant is gone. He he's out of the system. So I will take Jonathan Bergren for Brendan Smith. Thank you. As long as he and Brendan healthy. Smith got buried in the minors for a while. Yep, and he's back on the Rangers. He's but... Playing forward, yeah, playing forward with the Rangers. Yeah. But again, I will take Jonathan Bergeron as long as he gets healthy over Brendan Smith. All day, every day. So we move on to March 1st, 2017, uh, where the Red Wings offloaded Steve Ott to the Canadians and picked up a sixth. Doesn't matter. Affects the team in no way besides dumping the contract of Steve Ott. March 1st, 2017, the Red Wings also traded Thomas Vanek to the Florida Panthers for Dylan McElrath and a 2017 conditional third who turned into Casper Cotconsalo. So who plays on BU. He's a, he's on the third D pair of BU. He actually looks pretty good. He's not a bad player at all. I do not believe he will ever make the Red Wings. Um, maybe not. He will maybe. probably end up maybe in Grand Rapids or back overseas or traded at some point. Dylan McElrath, great guy for the, for the Griffins. Played games with the Red Wings, was a decently solid defenseman back in grand rapids they love him because he's huge and big and fights people and mm. is a shit disturber and he just he plays the body i still think he could be a good depth like a seventh pairing guy and some on some teams yeah that's possible i'm not I wasn't upset with how he was playing when he was called up for detroit so we are going to go through some of these a little quickly because we're over on time but uh, July 1st, 2017, the Calgary Flames acquire uh, 2018 conditional seventh round pick from us, which the condition was not met uh, for Thomas McCollum. McCollum sucks. The Red Wings drafted Otto Kivenmaki with that pick. Uh, Kivenmaki could be a good player. He is yeah, small, and I think he could fill a bottom six role at some point in Detroit. He's one of those sneaky guys that the the people who judge prospects, they absolutely love him. Um, and, and he just plays really well. I think he's playing in the, the top. Was he playing in Liga right now? He's short, right? He's, he's like small. Five foot seven or something? Yeah, he's a small guy. But I think that he's playing in the top league, league right now. But he's, playing, he's been on some of the natu- uh, national teams too. And some of his, his write-ups in regards to the Red Wings prospects – I mean, he's mentioned essentially anytime you talk about recent draft picks by Detroit, there's some promise there and hope there. I mean, that's really all you can ask for at this point as a Red Wings fan. So, Well, also for a seventh-round pick. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, he's playing for uh, his hometown team, Asat Pori in the Liga. It's 14 points in 44 games. I mean, that's good for a 19-year-old in a, in a men's league. So, uh, Otto Kimimaki is one of the ones that I always say, just watch for him. Go watch his highlights. He, he plays the game beautifully. Um, October 21st, 2017, the Detroit Red Wings sent Ryan Sproul to the New York Rangers for Matt Pumple. Again, I think that's a wash. Uh, Sproul really never did anything. I thought he was going to be good. Sproul? Sproul. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sure. There was hope because he was a right-handed shot. He yeah. had a powerful shot. But he that was, was really all, all he could do. Yeah, he's what, 6'3", I think? Yeah. Is that all you had to say about him? <laughs> yeah, that's all. I, gonna, I thought he was going to be good at one point. Yeah, but Ryan Sproul never uh, panned out. Uh, I think it was Ryan Sproul playing in China now. Oh, God. Yeah. So Ryan Sproul right now is playing for the Kunlun Red Stars in the KHL, which is the Chinese team where Jake Chelios plays. So that's neat. And Matt Pumple's in Grand Rapids. We already talked about him. Uh, again, a wash trade. Doesn't really matter. On October 21st, 2017, the Detroit Red Wings acquired Scott Wilson in a third-round pick that they turned into Jesper Eliasson and sent the Pittsburgh Penguins Riley Shan in a fifth. Uh, with that fifth, Pittsburgh uh, drafted Justin Almeida, who now plays for the Wheeling Nailers in the ECHL. So there's that. But Scott Wilson was eh, for Detroit. Jesper Eliasson is where I'm more excited because he's a pretty good goalie prospect. Essentially. I mean, it's, it's still a, a what if at yeah. that moment. I mean, but right now we offloaded Riley Shan. True. Which was fantastic at that time. So I will put that in a win column for Detroit. Offloaded Riley Shan. Check. December, <laughs> December 4th, 2017. We sent Scott Wilson to Buffalo for a 2019 fifth round pick. Uh, I guess it was conditional. We sent Scott Wilson to Buffalo for nothing. Which is fine. Who cares? That's a wash he wasn't trade. Doing anything anyways. Yes. Uh, February 19, 2018, the Detroit Red Wings sent Peter Mrazek to the Philadelphia Flyers for a 2018 conditional third, who we turned into Seth Barton, and a 2019 conditional third that I don't believe we got. I don't think we did. No. We did not. Uh, Flyers retained that pick. So yep. Seth Barton... I think he is one of the ones, too, that Pronman says to watch out for um, yep. because he's just a solid player. Hockey. Yeah, now solid college hockey right player. Now. Um, so that, I will say... He's, a, he's another one of the many defensemen that Detroit has recently picked up. He's only 20 years old, but he's a right shot, big big body D. Um, I don't have a lot of de- details. Where does he play? It's UMass Lowell. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, Seth Barton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so that I will say that 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 trade is still to be determined. Um, Peter Mrazek has been bad recently, and let's see where he he happens to land. But he does not play in Philadelphia anymore, so um, no. we'll we'll see what happens with Seth Seth Barton. Some of these now are like we don't know if we won or not. This next one, I think we definitely won. So February, this next one could be huge. So February 26, 2018, the Red Wings sent Thomas Tatar to Vegas for a 2019 second-round pick where they drafted Robert Master Simone and a 2018 first-round pick, uh, which they took Joe Valeno and a 
third round pick uh, next draft, 2021 third round pick. Uh, not this draft, next draft. So Joe Valeno, we know what Joe Valeno is. Um, we hope what Joe Valeno can be is the Red Wings' second-line center. And Robert Mastrosimone is looking good. Um, he's a guy that fell to the second round who probably could have went late first round or very early second, and we ended up getting him with pick 54. Even Tony said that Master Simone, we got a super value pick in that uh, from where we picked him. Valeno, too. Yep. It up right now. Oh, but, well, yeah, Valeno, for a while, he was projected top 10 pick. Because of that exceptional status, um, Valeno. Yeah, because so the way he's fallen, it was just kind of almost like Zadina that season. Like, oh shit, we're like what? What are we? What are we doing? Yeah. So I think the Red Wing Thomas Tatar has been good for Montreal. I think though that that we can say we won that trade, especially since next season we get another pick from it. So I mean, even Joe Valeno for Thomas Tatar probably would have been a good trade. Um, and Tatar only ended up playing in Vegas for like that that year, and then they traded yep. him in the offseason for Pacioretty. Yeah, June twenty third, twenty eighteen. The was a nothing trade, a sixth round pick for a fifth round pick. Tim Bernie for Philip Cedarquist. Don't I have no idea, but sure. Don't know, don't care. That happened. The next pick, uh, the next trade was a nothing trade. June twenty fourth, twenty eighteen. The Coyotes acquired Robbie Russo for a conditional seventh round pick. Um, yeah, the condition was not even met. The condition wasn't met, so we gave them Robbie Russo, sure. Um, I have a Robbie Russo rookie card that's worth like three cents. Um, February 22nd, 2019, the Detroit Red Wings sent Nick Jensen to Washington and a fifth round pick for Madison Bowie and a 2022nd. So this is where it's going to get a little interesting. So far, that has not been a good trade. But this draft is really good. So if this second round pick this year pans out, we could potentially have won the trade. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good chat, guys. Next. (laughs) I mean, I still think it's a win because Jensen really hasn't done a whole lot for Washington. No, he's been in and out of their lineup. Yeah, he's not producing. I mean, we I think we felt he could have been better producing here in Detroit overall. But to look at it and see that it's a, a going to be a second-round pick and for how deep this year's draft is, Bowie, I think you could really say, has done as much as Jensen has for a little bit more of a cost. And they've re-signed Jensen long-term uh, for what? Three mil, how much per year did they sign him? Ended up getting him for more. I think it was more than that. So I mean, you look at it for this this season and how he's performed overall. You, you, I don't think there's really a whole lot you can complain about in regards to this trade. And like I just said, how deep the draft is this season, it's a second round. Pick. Yeah, I get it. It's going to be a late second round pick just because of how Washington, how good they are overall. Nick Jensen, two and a half million. I mean, say yeah, okay, so less than three. I mean. For a depth guy, for his role, I guess that, that makes – it works out for them. But with the defense they have, there's not a whole lot he really needs to, to worry about. So, But, I mean, overall, I, Bowie has shown flashes that he can be a, a decent role-playing defenseman. And then he does the things of, like, what are you doing right now? Why would you do that? Oh, my God. Or what did you do? Yeah. So 
it's I think we would have had the same thing with Jensen to be totally honest. But so I think it's a win in the sense that we have an, an extra draft pick. All right. So we'll move Agreed. on. To, we'll move on to February 25th, 2019, where we traded Gustav Nyquist to the San Jose Sharks for 2019 second round pick Albert Johansson and a conditional third this year, which was met, uh, which was not met. We got the third. It would have moved up, but it didn't because Nyquist didn't resign. So we get the third round pick this season. Um, Albert Johansson looks like he could be a good defenseman. Um, he's being put on national teams. Nyquist ended up leaving the Sharks and going to Columbus. So that is a win, I would say, for Detroit since we're getting draft picks. Um, and then these next kind of few, you can't really tell if they're a win or not. So uh, June 22nd, 2019, we traded our 2019 fifth round pick to Buffalo for their 2019 six and seven. Um, they drafted Philip Cedarquist. We took Gustav Berglund and Carter Guylander. Now, Guylander, again, a goalie prospect that could or could not pan out. And then we get to the um, the Steve Eiserman kind of time of trades where you get Adam Ernie from Tampa for a 2024. You get Alex Biega from Vancouver for David Pope. That's a wash trade. You get Brendan Perlini from the Blackhawks for Alec Regula. You get Robbie Fabry uh, from St. Louis for Jacob De La Rose. Amazing win. win. Phenomenal win. That is the win of the year for the Red Wings. Um, the next oh, yeah. one, uh, the next one, a lot of people are still sour about where we traded Villy to Arizona for Eric Comrie and then waived Eric Comrie and he got picked up by Winnipeg. I will tell people that Villy was not going to make the Red Wings team. Uh, he was already passed up in the depth chart by guys who aren't even playing in the, the um, in North America. It just, if you're going to trade a prospect that really doesn't mean anything to your organization anymore for a guy that you can just wave, it's a wash trade. It doesn't matter at that point because it's just a dude that was never going to play for your team. And then this past trade was December 12, 2019, where he sent Oliver Kasky to Carolina for Kyle Wood. That seems like an AHL-only trade. Uh, Kasky, again, didn't show the upside that they wanted him to in Grand Rapids. And Kyle Wood's an AHL player, and I haven't been paying attention to him. So Kasky's doing all right, though, for Charlotte. He's... Charlotte also is a really good team, don't they? I mean, you can't. I mean, Grand Rapids hasn't been awful either. I mean, they have consistent in a way. And there, he only had five points in 19, so he's already up through the same amount of games. He's got six goals and six assists in Charlotte. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, it's, I guess, Iserman making moves for the AHL that he thinks he needs to make. So we'll see yeah. what happens there. But I guess overall, um, going back, now we'll kind of summarize, I guess, because that was a lot of a lot of information. But going back 10 years, um, there were maybe three, four good trades in 10 years. A lot of bad trades, a lot of meaningless trades. Um, the recently, best ones were the ones where it didn't involve us trading or getting players. It was exactly. Yeah. So I think that going forward, if you look at a trade like Robbie Fabry for Jacob De La Rose, we've seen what Eiserman's done in Tampa. Um it's it's promising, but let's never do the past 10 years again. Let's not try and stay in a position we have no right being in. 
And, and I guess it's just about moving forward. And, and I'm excited for, for what we see at this trade deadline coming up. And I want to get your guys' final thoughts before we sign off. Um, let's just say I'm happy that Steve Eiserman is making the trades the next 10 years versus Ken Holland making the trades the, la- the you know, the previous 10 years. And I think Steve Eiserman in, in three or four years is going to do a much better job than Ken Holland did over the past 10. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. So I think the one thing you can look at already is the early signings that Ken Holland has already made by signing get Zach Cassie into a multi-year extension for almost, what, $4 million close to three and a half? <laughs> yeah. There's step one. Step two is that he's in – there's been rumors that Andreas Athanasiu could be on Edmonton's radar right now for a trade, which you know damn well – if he has to make that type of trade or does decide to make that type of trade, he's getting fleeced. Iverman yep. is going to do it. He's done it once before. Yeah. A la first round pick for Kyle Quincy. So for once, I think we could be on the good side of history. Now this is all me purely speculating and hoping, but it, where the team is at, we've talked about it a lot more ad nauseum than anything. With the history that we know for Iserman, the history that we're accustomed to with Ken Holland, you got to feel good about the direction that things are going. There's a lot of good things happening. And what I think I have liked the most is that Iserman's going to do something that he feels is necessary because he knows that this team is not good. That's kind of why Jeff Flash was still at the helm of this team. And that's probably not going to change. The trades weren't great. We know what we got right now. It's that's there, and that's, that's all we can hope for. And what I mean by that is Burton Mantha and this those can two continue and are signed for what we think is going to be appropriate to make this team better because that's what we need. And so we'll just have to see how it goes. But uh, Twitter already ran thirty three. Yeah, so I'm just gonna uh, sign off by saying you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. You can find our podcast on every major podcast network. Um, if you go to Howie's Hockey Tape and use promo code Grindline uh, online checkout, you can save 10% on all your hockey supplies. Uh, we also like to shout out Founders, who's the official beer of the Grindline Podcast. And if you buy cool merch from Bring Hockey Back and use promo code Grindline, you get 12% off. You can also buy cool merch from our merch shop by going to thegrindline.redbubble.com. But for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You say classy hockey town.